Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the UCAS Choices podcast, Getting Ahead with Apprenticeships. This episode is brought to you by Manchester Metropolitan University and today we're talking all about degree apprenticeships in science. I'm Katie Thistleton and in the studio today we have Dr Tim Gabriel, a Senior Chemical Science Lecturer at Manchester Metropolitan University, Lorianne Griffiths, the Global Graduate and Apprentice Lead at GSK and Natalie Davies, a Science Degree Apprentice at Unilever. And we're going to be talking you through the exciting experience of becoming a science apprentice, getting tips on how to get your place, as well as the skills you'll gain and what the differences between traditional science degrees and apprenticeships are, which leads me nicely into the first question, which is, what is the difference between studying science as a degree apprenticeship and doing a traditional degree in science? So I guess with a traditional uh, degree, um, you are mainly focusing on the knowledge elements of your discipline. Um, But with a degree apprenticeship, it's not just about the knowledge. You're also gaining the skills and having the experience of work. Um, And actually, with a degree apprenticeship, you're approximately 20% academic learning uh, and the other 80% is actually on-the-job learning. So there's quite a big difference. It's more focused on the work um, and not just the academic side. Okay, great. So can you tell us a little bit about the apprenticeship that you're doing? Uh, Yes, so I'm doing the laboratory science apprenticeship, which means that I get a chemistry degree at the end of it. So the way that it works is that I have one day of study per week and then four days of work per week. So for the study, um, we have uh, just like in in a regular degree, we get um, like lectures and coursework and exams and tutorial questions to do. But the main difference is that we get uh, residentials. So we go to the university for one week of the year in a block to do lab practicals Um, and then for the work side of it you're like actively involved in the team being like part of a proper project Um, and obviously you're doing that for four days of the week. Is that how it tends to work Dr Tim would you say? How much studying is there generally versus time in the workplace on these degree apprenticeships? Yeah I think so I think generally I think what uh, what's been explained is about four days in and the workplace and then one day when they're working on their academic studies. I mean, the really nice thing and the differences between what happens and the full-time degree courses is that these students are kind of living and breathing the chemistry. So they're working on the chemistry that they're learning and then they're also applying that in the workplace as well. That's the main difference. So how soon were you on the job? I was on the job from day one. So oh, I wow. started in September 2021 and pretty much from the first day I was, you know, like in meetings, on site, etc. And then the university actually started slightly later than that. So that was in October. So that's like pretty similar to when the traditional degrees start. But I was in the lab in the in the office from day one. That's really exciting, isn't it? Straight into it. Do you need to specialise earlier in a degree apprenticeship or is it later on, like a university degree, that you sort of decide what you want your specialism to be? Um, So it's actually very similar to a traditional degree in that first year is all mandatory modules and then from second year onwards you start to have more optional uh, choices where you can specialise. And then, of course, in the work aspect of it, you're in a very... um, in in a very particular environment so you're learning and for me as well we rotate around every year so you get to learn about a specific thing every year. That's cool. How do the fees and funding differ Tim compared to a traditional degree? 
So I guess the best thing really for, for our students who go on an apprenticeship is the fact that there's no fees for them at all. They don't have to pay anything at all. And a lot of that is then taken on by the company that they work for. The best thing, I guess, for the students in terms of that as well is that they can concentrate then on their studies. They can concentrate then on their job. And the nice thing for students is that they are always going to be earning. So our apprenticeships are always earning during that. So we find that actually at the end of a degree apprenticeship program, our students have generally got, you know, they've got access to more money. Some of them are buying houses at this point as well. I know that from <laughs> some true. of the people wow. at GSK. They've got, they've got access to cars as well and things like that. So it's a really different outlook. That's in very terms different of that. to my yeah. university experience. Yeah, anywhere near affording a house or a car. That is incredible. <laughs> Obviously, we've said that you spend uh, a lot of time on the job, a lot of time actually working. Do you still get aspects of that university life? Do you still get to enjoy freshers? Is it sociable? Do you meet people your age? Because of course, you must be working with people a mix of ages in the workplace. Yeah, 100%. So um, we're on the residentials that you go to for the university. So last year, we actually went three times and the university organised all of these social events for us. And that wasn't just uh, mixing with our year, it was mixing with all of the years across all of the different companies that the, the do apprenticeships. So that was really, really fun. Um, and then for work that was actually one of the things that I was a bit concerned about was that everybody was going to be significantly older than me but that was not the case so I was you know um there are plenty of younger people in the teams and I was just able to mix with them and make friends and yeah like across many different teams so it's not just the one that I'm in as well do you still do freshers um well I think we kind of had our own version of freshers yeah 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 yeah, um so we went in the first week of university to have like an induction and they we had like events for that so kind of yeah (laughs) I guess the difference is is that we try and build a a slightly different community so Mm. when the students start and you come to induction Mm. you spend a lot of time working with your tutor so the relationship between the tutor and the apprentice is a little bit different you know we go out we socialize not too much, obviously, yeah. just a little bit. You've got we, important work to do. We, we have, and some of that sometimes creeps on, creeps on into the evening, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, So, yeah, so we do try and build a slightly different community, and we try and get our students to kind of work together and to yeah. act as kind of peer peer support as well when they're out of that because they're on a distance learning course in some respects. So yeah. it means that some of the learning that they'll be doing might be remote. They might be in different workplaces around the country as well. So when they come and see us on the residentials, especially, we try and make sure there are lots of activities, like we have quiz nights, we'll have uh, restaurant meals and everything like yeah. that, where we just try and make sure that everybody can meet each other and yeah. find some friends. I imagine quiz nights with the science crew get quite competitive. I feel like <laughs> a lot of smart people there who've got a lot of knowledge. I mean, you won't, you won't believe, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's up there, really. The IQ oh, of some of these students is... I wouldn't want to be in a quiz with uh, with any of you guys. I'm sure you'd be able to hold your own, but uh, it's something different. It <laughs> definitely, definitely is, yeah. So it's a different kind of community, but it's still a community, and that's the important thing, isn't that's it? Because right, that yeah. is obviously a massive part of university life. That social side, I was going to say, it does carry on. Um, in the workplace as well. So we organise events in the workplace. Um, We have a whole range of apprentices. So it's not just the chemistry, the biology. We have a range of um, apprenticeships and we get them together several times a year. They do community volunteering. So actually, I don't think you really miss out at all on the social side. Definitely not. In terms of what you actually learn when you're doing a degree apprenticeship, Dr Tim, how much does that differ from what you'll learn if you're just doing a traditional degree? Is it the same? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question, actually, because what you find is is that on a traditional full-time university course, students will tend to very much focus on the theory behind the chemistry. So they'll learn a lot to do with physical chemistry, inorganic chemistry, reaction mechanisms. 
But the best thing about a degree apprenticeship is that you also learn a lot more about the business aspects of working within an organization. So they'll do a lot more project work as well. So a lot of the units that I deliver, they are business improvement. So where they'll look at different tech, uh, different strategies and techniques within the business world. We'll also look at things like a workplace project as well, where they'll really specify and try and make a, make a real difference within the workplace as well. So Nasik, can you tell me about some of the work that you're actually doing on a day-to-day basis? You know, what are you doing in that office? What are you doing in the lab? Talk us through it. Okay. So last year I worked in hair care. So I was making like shampoos and conditioners um, and that was the future stuff. So it's not going out on the shelf yet. But funnily enough, um, the shampoos and conditioners that I was working on last year, they're actually about to launch in the US 2023. How exciting! I know, it's so cool, isn't it? Um, And then this year I'm in laundry capsules. So um, I'm like, you know, developing, helping to um, do the tests for them. And that's going to launch in the future as well. So there's definitely a huge sense of achievement involved with it as well. When you actually see those products on the shelves. Yeah. That's really cool. Also, do you get some little free samples? Can you set some conditioners up? Yeah. Nice. I like that. That's really good. Um, what's it like when you're sort of working on your own? Is, is there a lot of pressure? Obviously, you're working with all these chemicals and all this stuff's going on. Yeah. I mean, they ease you in really nicely to it. So we do all of the training and I had people by me for like lots of time. And of course, there's not only you in the lab. It's quite a big lab. Mm. So, you know, if I'm ever stuck or like I don't know where to find something, I'll go like, oh, can you help me with this? So I'm never like completely on my own, um, which is always nice. Um, but yeah, so there's there's obviously some sort of pressure to know that this is actually like people are actually going to use what you're doing um in the future but they're really relaxed about it and they're quite happy if you make a mistake to just let you do it again oh so. that's really cool what kind of equipment are you using <gasps> lots of cool stuff so there's stuff to measure like the thickness of stuff like viscosity there's stuff to measure ph there's stirrers and it looks really cool it's kind of like what you imagine in like a science movie it kind of looks a bit like that oh yes it sounds so cool how <laughs> Exciting. How do degree apprenticeships differ across the nations? So in England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland? In these different nations, they're given different names. So in Scotland, they're called the Graduate Apprenticeship. In England and Wales, they're called Degree Apprenticeships. And then in Northern Ireland, they're called Higher Level Apprenticeships. And because of this, it means that what decides the type of apprenticeship that you do will be decided on the company and where you actually work. So those people who work in the UK and are based in the UK will then do an English apprenticeship. And that's what we do at Manchester Metropolitan University. Yeah, and from an employer perspective, it, it really doesn't matter where you are. Your apprenticeship itself will feel very, very similar. Um, the funding rules are different, but that doesn't affect the apprentice. Um, and the name is different, but essentially you're still studying earning and learning, um, which is the same across all nations. So are there lots of opportunities across all four nations? Then? There are. What kind of support do you get? So perhaps from, from the employer, should we start with Lorianne? What support will an apprentice get from you? So the support starts when you get the offer um, and we assign a buddy. Um, some of our apprentices move across the country to take their apprenticeship. So it's a little bit like going to uni. It's quite a big move. Um, so you get a relocation buddy that helps you settle in and know a bit about the area you're moving to. Um, we do some pre-employment get-togethers. So you're not walking in and thinking, I don't know anybody. Um, so that's really nice. It's very social. We invite the parents in um, so they can see where their, their um, offspring are working. Um, <laughs> and they get a little tour as well. And then once you're there, 
you have a mentor, a line manager, um, there's a program manager. So there's a really great support network. Um, our ambition is that all our apprentices succeed. So we really do put a lot of care into the, I guess, a lot mm. of pastoral care in. And on top of that, I suppose the apprentices are going to have support from the university as, as well, are they, Tim, in the same way that you would if you were uh, doing a traditional degree? The normal academic and pastoral support, so health and wellbeing support. They'll also have things like study skills tutors as well, who serve also the full-time students, but will serve apprenticeship students. But one of the nicer things about an apprenticeship programme is the fact that they'll also have a designated study, uh, study skills coach as well. And this study skills coach will see the apprentice maybe three to four times a year. They'll spend maybe two to three hours going to their workplace, making sure that everything's okay. And they'll also help them with understanding what they need to get out of their apprenticeship as well. So it's almost like a way of individualizing the, the learning that they do. So it's really tailored. So the skills coach will come in, they'll talk to you about where your areas are, where the gaps might be in their understanding, and then they'll try and find a way then of building on that and developing that along with the line managers, along with people like yeah. L'Oreal as well. Nessa, do you feel like you have a lot of support then from both sides? Yes. So, like, for example, when I'm doing my university work, I can, I feel like I can, so if I'm stuck on something, I can, of course, go and talk to, like, the teachers or the lecturers, and then I can talk to my skills coach to make sure, like, you know, that I'm hitting all of the markers that I need to. But, of course, you're in a workplace with, like, professionals in that field. So if I'm stuck on a question, I can ask them for help as well. Mm. Um, and they put a lot of effort into making sure that, you know, we did lots of events together to make sure that we like were we felt secure um so i definitely so i i certainly felt like i was um i was well looked after yeah, yeah. you've got someone to go to for everything yeah 100 it's in the interest of the employers isn't it laurie and to make sure that these apprentices succeed you want them to go on and work we for do. the company and be we really do. successful that's all right we we only take on uh, apprentices that we um hope that will will be successful and take them on at the end so that's our aim that's great. How do you feel if you do make a mistake, Natalie? I know you mentioned it before that, you know, yeah. they they tend to be quite supportive. Yeah. Um, I feel like in, in the world of science especially, you know, I, mistakes would be on my mind. But then that's because <laughs> I haven't studied science in school, so I definitely would make mistakes. <laughs> How does that feel when you're, you're in the lab? Um, it's fine, to be honest. Um, so there's they're really quite relaxed about it so obviously they make sure that they give you the relevant training and you have people by your side for quite for for a good bit of time before you feel like you're comfortable before they let you go and do things by yourself um but even when you are by yourself and you just make a mistake then you know I just go to my line manager or whoever's with me in the lab and say listen I've done this and then we just do it again and it's, accidentally it's, put the shampoo yeah. in the uh, washing detergent capsules that would not be good <laughs> not be good no. would it no. maybe it'll do a similar job I don't know you know the science behind it <laughs> Um, Lauriana, I suppose it's part of the job, isn't it? Making making mistakes when you're training. It is, and and that's it. We just ask that our apprentices put the hand up straight away and just say we made a mistake. We're certainly not blaming culture at all. We very much want them to learn. Um, so yes, put your hand up. Yeah. So I made a mistake, we'll sort it out and we'll uh, retrain. And Laurieanne, you did just say that, you know, you want your apprentices to go on to have a successful career with you. You only take on apprentices that you can see having a future at your company. So does a degree apprenticeship in science always translate into a job when you're finished? Um, it doesn't always. Uh, you know, business changes, but our aim is to land every successful apprenticeship. But we don't guarantee it because we know things might change. Um, but 
if you're doing a chemistry or biology degree, it can it's the same as a traditional degree. It can translate into other roles in different industries. So it's not you haven't chosen a, a total path. Um, you can still move around into different areas. So, so that's something I didn't realise, Tim. I, I think I thought that when you do a degree, apprenticeship, like you're going into that particular job. So Natalie would have to go into doing the shampoos and conditioners and that's it she's going to do that but actually you've got that piece of paper you've got that degree in the same way that you would if you did a traditional degree so you could then go on to do something else it's true actually and, and Natalie might get to the end of her career um, at uh, Unilever and decide to do something else so we have students I've just had a reference a request to do a student who's decided to go into teaching now oh, wow. but we've also had students who decide that they want to come out of the workplace and they want to focus more on the research as well. So we've had students who go on to do masters into PhDs. We also have some yeah. students who on some occasion decide that they want to work in a different area of science or they want to go and work at a different organisation. So there is great flexibility and there's a great opportunity for students to do other things as well. And I suppose having all those skills, all that practical experience is just going to be transferable, isn't it? It is, and, and there's a real opportunity. And as I mentioned, with some of the courses that they, they teach as well, that we teach at the, at the university, they learn so many different skills, whether that being communication skills, whether that being teamworking skills and project management skills. These are all developed and they're all nurtured throughout the apprenticeship programme. Amazing. What do you think the perceptions are, Natalie, of apprenticeships? Um, well, I think sometimes there can be a slightly negative perception in that apprenticeships are not worth as much as a traditional degree. But in my experience, it's just different. So um, I just get like a lot more work experience instead mm -hmm. compared to in a traditional degree. Um, and... I don't I haven't experienced any negativity myself and actually quite a few people have said to me that they wish that they themselves had done an apprenticeship as well. Right. Yeah. We you, hear that a lot too? actually. Yeah, yeah. People say gosh if I'd known that degree apprenticeship was available yeah. that would have been a better route for me because I'm a real kinesthetic learner I love to do yeah. learn and do so it's yes it's quite interesting actually. Yeah. Mm. What do you think you're going to do then Natalie? You're going to sort of stick with the science at the end? I mean you don't have to yeah. give us the answer now. You <laughs> can change your mind. No I I really enjoy my job, so I think I'm I'm going to stay. Um, but it's nice to know that, you know, it gives you such a solid foundation that I could go anywhere I wanted. What happens if you do change your mind then? What happens if you perhaps want to transfer to a different job role or you don't even want to do science anymore, maybe? Um, can you change your mind sort of midway through? Can you switch to a different company? What happens with the fees and the funding? So that is a little bit more tricky. So yeah. we would recommend that you follow through and complete that first degree apprenticeship. Um, and then there are options. So we have a lot of our apprentices go on to man management. Um, they go up the, the uh, manage. I don't know if you have the same, but we, we're finding that brilliant because they've had so much experience at that lab level or the or the engineering level or wherever that they're really really good uh, at managing people so that is an yeah. option and we we can tailor the the final year as you said you choose your modules and there are things you can do slightly differently in your rotations to point you in the direction of a slightly changed career yeah so those years are never going to have been a waste oh, of time never. those skills are so transferable and what's really cool actually is that especially in big companies um is that you can go to all of the different places so everybody's experience is different so the two other girls that joined in my year they've both gone into different positions in both in first and second year than me and by the end of it we're going to come out with completely different experiences and we're going to go to different places which I think is really cool yeah that's really cool so let's talk about what makes a good science apprentice then if someone's uh, watching this or listening to this and thinking yeah do you know what this is a bit of me what are employers really looking for Lorianne? 
I'm looking for motivation and enthusiasm. That's what I'm looking for. You don't need any prior experience. We don't expect you to have any prior experience. We're teaching everything you need to know. Um, but have a really good think about why you want to do that subject you've chosen. Um, and think about how your hobbies, maybe your your, your um, interests actually relate to it. So you can mm. talk about that at the interview. Um, so it's all about motivation for me. What would you say, Tim? What skills do you think employers are looking for when it comes to these degree apprenticeships I mean, and I universities? Th- yeah, no, I think uh, our students, uh, apprentices should be uh, enthusiastic and passionate about their subject area, but they should also um, be have good organisational skills as well. They need a little bit of resilience within there as well, because as you can imagine, trying to juggle... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to juggle um, working in the workplace and then also an academic life and, and possibly a little bit of a social life in the yeah. midst all of that as well. Important. It's quite tricky. So you do have to be organised. You do have to know about time management as well. And uh, probably if you also... Um, just enjoy enjoy doing lots of different things and a variety of things, then that that would be a great reason to do it. I thought you were going to say trying to juggle all those beakers, you know, yeah. all those test tubes. No, not in the lab. That's, no, no. that's not health and safety. No, no, no. Well, this is why I am not a science apprentice student. Is um, would you say, Natalie, that there are stereotypes when it comes to what a science apprentice is? Um, I feel like um, someone... In my head, particularly, I had something that was like, you know, someone who was really nerdy, maybe with wild hair, like a Albert math Einstein. professor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the original. <laughs> well, you don't look like that. Thank you. And quite a lot of people in my team also don't look like that. So I don't think you need to, you know, fit into that specific ter- stereotype because, of course, everyone's different. You just like the main thing, as these guys have said, is that you just enjoy science. Einstein just needed a bit of that conditioning been working on didn't yeah they? yeah yeah just some of those hair products just to tame it a little bit yeah um what things can people be doing now then if they are listening to this and they're thinking i want to stand out and get a place in the future what can uh, students be be starting to do so i would be researching companies that do the the apprenticeships you're interested in i wouldn't um apply for loads i would apply for a couple mm-hmm. um, and really investigate that company make sure the values fit your values um, and that they're doing the work that you want to do. So that's where I would, I would be investigation and research. Um, I would also add on to that to say, do lots of different things. So I did volunteering at swimming, DV, um, and work experience at my local supermarket. So uh, you don't need to have work experience in science because, as you said, that's what they're there to teach you. Do you have to have a certain qualification in science? Yeah, we normally expect our apprentices to have a, a grade four at GCSE level in maths and English. We generally want our apprentices to also have a chemistry um, a level as well although there are some cases depending on what type of apprenticeship you are let's say you're coming into the apprenticeship uh, degree slightly later in life we might take slightly modified experience or slightly modified qualifications as well and really just uh, a bucket load of enthusiasm as well in terms of that which goes along with the, with the qualifications. What kind of questions will the interviewer ask the apprentice when they have their interview Lorianne? So we really focus on that motivation. Why do you want to do this apprenticeship? Um, And what skills, knowledge, experiences do you think you have that will make you a really good apprentice? So uh, it's about finding the right match and making sure it's a commitment. You are really committing to a four year um, degree. So that's why I say do lots of research if it is really what you want to do. Talk to other apprentices um, and there's there's the forums you can do that. We also run... um 
apprenticeship evenings as well. So where parents and their and their children can come along, and they can look at lots of different companies and speak to companies about what the expectations are in terms of apprenticeships as well. So we run some of those as well. Um, for my personal interview, um, there were two parts to it. So you have the individual interview and the group interview. And in my individual interview, they just kind of wanted to know a bit more about me. So like you said, to know about my motivation and why I wanted to do it, um, but also about my skills and experiences. And then for the group interview, I needed to come up with an idea prior to it. And then during the group interview, as a group, we needed to collectively decide whose idea to go forward with to do with a certain set of criteria. And... Um, um, my idea actually wasn't chosen, um, but I'm still here. I still got the position, so it's definitely not something to worry about. They just kind of want to see more how you work as a mm. team, um, because obviously being involved in work, a huge part of that is is working as a team. Well, you obviously absolutely aced it. <laughs> <laughs> how exciting. It sounds brilliant. How long have you got left then? Uh, so this is, I'm in my second year now, so I've still got another two years to go. Oh, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming to chat to us about it today. Thanks for your top tips. Well, there we have it. An expert looking to life as a science apprentice. It sounds really exciting, doesn't it? A huge thank you to our sponsor, Manchester Metropolitan University, and our experts, Tim, Lorianne and Natalie, for sharing their expertise and experiences today. If you're still unsure about which direction you want to take, you can look at our other episodes in the series covering different industries from engineering to creative and design. And thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you've got everything you need to get ahead with your degree apprenticeship and you make the right choice for you. Hi, Sam from UCAS here. While that episode was packed with great info and insight about apprenticeships, and if you're thinking about an apprenticeship, here are my top tips of what to do next. Firstly, remember you can apply to both university and college courses and apprenticeships. So why wouldn't you? Keep your options open, do your research and make those applications. If you've started a university and college application, your grades, your experiences, the skills you might have referenced in your personal statement can all be used to help you write your CV. Just remember when you're listing those skills to make sure you've got examples to demonstrate how you can actually use them, particularly if you get an interview. Look at lots of vacancies for job descriptions so you know the kinds of tasks and responsibilities that you're going to need to do. And be sure to put as much research as possible into the employer. It's really important you know the sort of environment you're going to be working in. You need to tailor your covering letters and your CVs, and this will help you show your enthusiasm, particularly at interview. Check out Career Finder for our vacancies, but also look at local job sites, LinkedIn, socials. There'll be some fantastic opportunities available in your local and regional areas. It's not just corporate companies that offer apprenticeships. And remember, not everyone is going to call it a higher or a degree apprenticeship. Some will just refer to the levels. So keep your eyes peeled for level four to level seven apprenticeship. Level four is the equivalent to the first year of university and a level seven is the equivalent to a master's. Be sure to ask your employer if there's the opportunity though to move up through the levels if you'd like to work towards a full degree. Don't forget, you can find out about other industries with Katie by heading to ucas.com, YouTube, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform.